Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio on Seattle's Cairo Radio. Long-Term Care Radio is brought to you in part by 525 Advisors, your local long-term care experts. Brian Ott is a certified long-term care planning specialist and will show you how to protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of a long-term care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting options you need to know about. Now, here's your host, Brian Ott. And thanks for tuning in to Long-Term Care Radio this week, and welcome back. You know, I got a uh, great email from a listener, Linda, this week, which I think epitomizes why so many people are hesitant to look into long-term care insurance. Let me share the email with you now. Here's what Linda wrote. We are interested in getting long-term care insurance, especially since the new state tax is coming next year. However, my parents have a policy that they have paid into for years and we cannot get any benefits from it, even though my father is currently in need of care. How do we know the insurance company isn't going to do the same thing to us? Wowza. Think about that for a second. Here we have a woman who's got a father in a long-term care situation that has a long-term care insurance plan and the company is not paying the benefits. You know, this is a real fear for a lot of people. In fact, a a lot of my colleagues at these leaders conference will talk about this. Even though less than 10% of the population has long-term care insurance, it seems like everybody knows somebody who didn't get a claim paid or didn't get any benefits out of their policy. And why is that? Are insurance companies really that bad? Is it all just a big scam? Certainly sounds like it when you hear comments like this from Linda about not being able to get benefits from your insurance. Is there any merit to these claims? Does this actually happen? Or is it just disgruntled people making false claims? Is it fake news? Well, believe it or not, there has been quite a bit of research on the subject. And in fact, in um, 2007, Congress got involved, or shortly after 2007, because in 2007, the New York Times published an article titled, Aged, Frail, and Denied Care by Their Insurers. Let me repeat that title again. Aged, Frail, and Denied Care by Their Insurers. Heck of a headline. The truth is, This article put a lot of fear in a lot of people. Here, you're paying into these insurance plans, and guess what? They're not going to pay you when it comes time. Now, the truth is this article was based on two insurance claims. They followed two claims through the system that were denied and wrote this entire article on it. So two, one, two. That's how many they looked at. Now, nonetheless, this story went viral. And it was a told-you-so moment, especially for the anti-insurance people out there. It's kind of like what happens, you know, when the stock market goes down 30%. All of your friends or everybody that just never got around to setting up a retirement account or start saving are suddenly vindicated, right? I told you so. That's why the stock market's risky. Never mind the 120% increase over the last five years. This is the way the insurance world works. There's a lot of people out there that believe that insurance doesn't pay. Life insurance, annuities, they're always bad, right? You go down the list. But if you go out there and you do the research, I've said this over and over again, you're never going to find a claim that has not been paid, that was legally supposed to be paid. Insurance companies have never failed to pay claims. They don't go out of business and skip claims. 
But anyway, this is this is a real fear out there. And the point was made that insurance companies were not paying their claims. They weren't sticking to the contract. They had an obligation to pay money to people when they go into long-term care. They weren't doing this. This article went viral. Congress got involved, and they actually called for hearings. And the long story short is... Congress got pretty quiet on the matter pretty quick because all of their research came back and said just the opposite, that long-term care insurance was paying their claims, that they were holding up their end of the bargain on the contracts. So then another study was done on nearly 1,500 claims. Remember, the New York Times article was done on two. So there was another study done on nearly 1,500 claims. And the information was reported in the Gerontologist Journal in 2010. By the way, uh, the Gerontological Society of America was found in 1945. It's known as the GSA. It's the oldest and largest interdisciplinary organization devoted to research, education, and the practice in the field of aging. So the GSA puts out this, this report in their journal in 2010. They studied 1,500 long-term care insurance claims. Here's what they found out. 96% of those filing claims were approved for payment. 96%. Furthermore, the 4% that were denied, almost half of those claims were approved after the additional requested information was received. Now, this is always the number one reason why people get turned down for long-term care insurance is they just don't have all the information they need. They need a plan of care. They need a history. You know, some things are pretty straightforward. The, you, you have a massive stroke and you're in the hospital. Well, there you go. We just need to know the date. We need to get the plan of care from the doctor. Some things are a little bit more complex. You know, mom is moving into a cognitive situation. The kids are over there taking care of her. They're starting to do more and more. We've got to get the diagnosis from the doctor. We've got to do those things. But the insurance companies are just saying, look, A plan is triggered one of two ways. This is the information we need. So out of the 4% of the people were turned down, over half of those people were approved once they had the paperwork in. So we're talking 98% of the people that file their claims are approved for their long-term care insurance. You know, that's a, a complete different story than what the New York Times was saying. So, so what gives here? Here we are in 2021. We have Linda who is having the exact opposite experience she's not getting the benefits for her dad even though her dad need needs care so let's dig into this i i reached out to linda and um i asked her i said could you send me the information on your parents policy i could review it and find out if there's something that we could do um i'll be glad to help you out you know first off excuse me as someone who has been helping my clients for years put a plan in place, I was intrigued to find out more about her parents' policy and see what was really going on here. Turns out her father was receiving care in his home. They actually had a caregiver coming in a few hours a day during the week, like Monday through Friday, and the rest of the care was covered mostly by Linda's mom and also from Linda and and her siblings. The kids were going over there and helping out mom, but dad was actually receiving care in his home. He had a caregiver coming in. Linda's father definitely met the qualifying events for long-term care insurance from a physical impairment. Now, remember, that means I need help with two out of six activities of daily living. That's what a physical impairment is. The other way you get there is a cognitive impairment or a diagnosis of cognitive impairment. So 
Her father was receiving care. She was correct. They actually had a plan of care from the doctor. Now, a plan of care includes the following components. It's an assessment, diagnosis, expected outcomes, interventions, rationale, and evaluation. It's um, <clears throat> The idea of the plan of care is it's, it's not only do they help define the support and the care that the workers, you know, the, the role of the care workers um, but it's going to follow up and make sure that that care is consistent. And, but they also enable that team to customize the level and the types of support that the, you know each person is going to need. So the plan of care will say, hey, I need physical therapy. I need somebody to help with bathing, dressing, whatever it is. And I'll write that out. So her father has that plan of care. He's been receiving care for several months now. And why wasn't he able to get money out of the insurance company? Why weren't they paying benefits? Well, something just wasn't adding up here. Then I got a copy of the parent's policy, and I started looking through that policy, and I started reviewing that policy, and I read it from front to back. They did have long-term care insurance, and it did trigger on needing help with two activities of daily life or a cognitive impairment, just like today's policies. But there were two reasons why that plan wasn't paying out, two. And these were very... Let me just say there were mistakes that were made when they designed this policy, and I'm going to share that with you because I think everybody out there that's listening needs to understand that you are in control of your long-term care insurance planning when you put that plan in place. It's just like when you go buy a car. If you go out and you buy a Toyota Prius because you want good gas mileage, and then you go to hook it up to your boat to go put it in the in, in the lake, and you realize, I can't tow my boat with the Prius well, that's not the fault of the Prius, right? That's it was it was part of it. That's what you bought. So, long-term care insurance planning, we have all these options. We have different riders. We have different design criteria. And when we come back from break, I'm going to share with you the two mistakes that Linda's parents made and why she wasn't able to get benefits paid for her dad. So, stick around. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I'm going to share that with you, and we'll learn a little bit about what you want to avoid when you're putting a plan together. We'll be right back. Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended health care situation. Learn more by attending one of Brian's free classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. As we age, we can't always plan on good health, but you can plan long-term care coverage to give peace of mind to you and your family. Story Monson, a great way to learn about long-term care and have your questions answered is to join my friends from 525 Advisors for their free long-term care planning live webinar Wednesday, August 11th at 3 p.m. You will learn so much. They'll explain how long-term care works, what the coverage pays for, and you'll discover all the new options and different ways to fund a plan. Then when you're ready, 525 Advisors will do what they did with my wife and me. They will sit down, design a custom plan with you. Brian Ott, Madeline, they're just great. Our plan even has lifetime benefits that pay our estate back if we never use it. So I love the time they spent with us. You will learn so much. Get great peace of mind, long-term care coverage that 525 Advisors gave my wife and me. Sign up now for the free live webinar, Wednesday, August 11th, 3 p.m. Go to 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. For the most options, including new plans that protect you and your loved ones and pay you back if you never use them, visit 525longtermcare.com to learn more and sign up for the next live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. 
Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ong, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back, and thanks again for tuning in to Long-Term Care Radio. Um, by the way, we have a class coming up. Uh, today's the end of July. July 31st is when this show is going to air the first time on Saturday. So um, our next class, our webinar class, is going to be Wednesday, August 11th at 3 p.m. And right now, the way the schedule's looking, that's going to be the only class we have in August. We've got uh, a very busy schedule. I've got a couple conferences that I'm going to be attending. So we're going to squeeze in that class on the 11th of August at 3 p.m. And again, the class is really designed to help you just get an overview of what long-term care is, what it pays for, what's covered, how does Medicare work, what does Medicaid do. What are your choices? What's a traditional plan? What's an asset-based plan? And just really help you understand, you know, the the basics of long-term care so that when you are ready, we can sit down and really kind of design a customized plan for you. And if you just tuned in, we had a client um, or a listener that had contacted us about having a plan for her father that was not paying out. And she said, you know, look, I'm worried about getting long-term care insurance because my dad has a plan. He's paid in forever and it's not paying benefits even though he is on claim. So we're going to dig into this a little bit. And I want to let you know that um, I asked for a copy of this policy, like I said, and I reviewed the policy. And I want to share with you now why her dad's plan is not paying out. Now, a quick little background on her parents' plan. They had a policy that will pay $270 a day right now, that's today, for Linda's dad for two years. Her mom also had the exact same policy. And this was very similar to what my grandma did. My grandma had two years. Her husband had two years. And back in the day, um, this was, you know, a lot of people looked at it and said, well, it's about two years. It would go off of a, an average nursing home stay. The problem I have with that, of course, is that nobody goes to a nursing home. You get put in a nursing home. But anyway, this plan was taken out in 1994. It's still in force. Her parents have been making those payments. And so if you do the math on this, you're saying, gosh, they've been making payments on this for 27 years. And Linda's dad has met the qualification for a physical impairment trigger, and he's receiving care. He's got caregivers coming into the home. The mom and the family's helping out. So why isn't the plan paying for his care? Well, after reviewing the policy, I found that the insurance company was complying with the contract as written. However, there were two very important features that were preventing her dad from receiving benefits out of this policy. And these were features that her benefits, her parents chose when they put this um, plan in place. <clears throat> Excuse me. And let's go over this in detail because th- the point of this show today is you have to educate yourself. I tell everybody, be your own advocate. Understand the choices that you're making and why you're making those choices. Don't let somebody steer you into something and tell you something's a good idea without really doing the research. And although these options were available to them, I don't think they should have taken either one of them. I've never sold a plan designed this way. And so I was just kind of just awestruck when I read this policy that Linda's dad had purchased. First off, the plan had a 365-day elimination period. Now, elimination period is the same as a waiting period. Standard is 90 days. And that comes from the fact that long-term care is expected to be something, an event that lasts 90 days or more. So when the original policies were written back in the 70s, 
the insurance companies were interpreting that, that we, ha- we, we can't pay benefits for 90 days from the day of the claim. It's got to be something that expected to last 90 days. Well, then that went to the courts and went to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court said, no, even though that's the definition of long-term care, you can still pay benefits prior to 90 days. It's just that the doctor has to attest that, yes, this event's going to be 90 days or more. And so that's where that 90-day elimination period came from. It's just think of it as your deductible. You pay the first 90 days of care when you start your journey, and then the insurance companies are going to come in and pick up and pay behind that. Well, that's your deductible period. So just like on cars and homes and everything else, like I have a $5,000 deductible on my home. That's because I'm not worried about making a claim for 1000 or 500 bucks. So I'm trying to reduce the premium. And you can do the same thing on your car. You can do the same thing on your health insurance. You know, the gold, silver, bronze, the big difference is what's your deductible, what's your out-of-pocket spend. Well, long-term care insurance on these older traditional plans they gave you options. And one of the options was you could go up to a full year of elimination period, 365 days. Now, that 365 days means you've got to pay for 365 days of care. It was sold as a way to save money. You probably have enough to pay for the first year, so lower your premiums today because you might not use this, and then just stretch out the waiting period, and that's how you can save money on your insurance premiums. And, you know, at the time you're buying it, if you're buying this, like like Linda's dad, he probably really never thought he was going to buy it. I never got down into the politics with the family, like why they had it, but I know a lot of times... I've had a lot of experience with this, and I'm not stereotyping, but I guess I kind of am. You know, men, as a general rule, are like, yeah, I'm not going to need it. And the women are like, well, I think we should get it. So, well, how can I save money? I'm not going to use it anyway. Y'all just take the highest deductible period. So, not only that, Linda's dad went with a 365-day elimination period. So, he's got to pay for 365 days of care. Okay? But there's another problem with this, and this is what just blew my mind. Since he was not receiving care in a facility, his current care that he's paying for right now, that health care coming into the home, does not count towards elimination period. This is the second mistake that they made when they purchased this policy. They bought a facility-only policy. A facility-only policy is a policy. This particular contract defined a facility as some a place that had 24-7 skilled nursing care available otherwise a nursing home Ah, man i could not believe this when i read this right facility only policies those older policies especially like the first policies that came out nursing home was it right you you went from home to nursing home well now we have these assisted living adult family homes you know continuing care retirement centers the problem is adult family homes assisted living facilities do not have a nurse on staff 24 hours a day most of them don't Some of the adult family homes, if there's three or four of them grouped together, might share a nurse, but nobody has a nurse there. So this contract is defining a facility as a nursing home, which was very common back in the day. So also, this contract says you have to receive care in a nursing home for 365 days on your own dime, and then the insurance company is going to come and pay for the coverage. Now, I got to tell you, I just saw the original contract was written. They were paying next to nothing. They were pay, paying a couple hundred dollars a year for this insurance contract. It, 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 you know, highest possible deductible you could get, facility-only policy. 
But anyway, not all of the facility-only policies were structured that way. Some facility policies would let you use um, home care towards your elimination period. But this one said, yeah, it's it starts when you move into the nursing home. The problem is you don't move into a nursing home. Linda's dad does not want to be in a nursing home. He wants to be at his own home. And that is the flaw with those older policies. And I'm just telling you what, folks, this was one of the biggest faux pas I've ever seen in a design. I don't know what that agent was thinking back in 1994. Maybe they they had a different interpretation of what long-term care is, but today three out of four people start their own journey for long-term care in their own home. That's just the reality of it. So if you have a policy that's a facility-only policy, you're, you've got to move to the nursing home. If it's defined as a nursing home, it just doesn't do any good. And most carriers today don't even sell facility-only policies. There's a few available out there, believe it or not, still, but they have to disclose that they have comprehensive policies available. I have never sold a facility-only policy. The idea of long-term care insurance is to stay out of the nursing home. Now, most, um, if you think about this, elimination periods generally range today also from zero days to 90 days. So 90 days is kind of the standard on traditional plans, but a lot of our asset-based plans will be zero days or zero day for home care, 90 day for facility. So that those days are over. There are some traditional plans where you can buy an extended elimination period, like six months, 180 days. But again, that's not what we do. We almost never design a plan because when I explain that to you and show you what you think you're saving, but what the cost is going to be when you go on claim, it's huge. And remember, a third of the people that file long-term care claims die within the first year. So if you have a 365-day elimination period, the odds of you getting anything out of that for a third of the people is going to be zero. They're just going to, there's going to be a 100% chance, I should say, that they're not going to get any benefits out of this. So also think that, you know, these are mistakes. There's a lot of collateral damage. Like when her parents bought this, think of the collateral damage for Linda. Linda's thinking like long-term care insurance is no good. And I'm like, no, you just bought the wrong car. You know, you went out and you bought the Prius when you really needed the F-250 pickup so you could pull your firewood and tow your boat. You just got the wrong vehicle. And that's what they did when they bought this plan. It's not the industry. Again, the industry pays. We have a lot of clients on claims, and the claims process is actually pretty straightforward. The IRS has stepped in. They've defined what triggers these. So, again, very, very big, big mistake. I hope you understand that. Um, We're going to head into our next break. Stick around. When I come back, I'm going to introduce you to our client of the week, Tim. We'll be right back. Many people with near or over a million dollars in assets will mistakenly pay more in taxes in a long-term care situation than it would have cost them to set up an insurance plan to pay for the care needed. Learn more by attending Brian's free asset-based class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. As we age, we can't always plan on good health, but you can plan long-term care coverage to give peace of mind to you and your family. Story Monson, a great way to learn about long-term care and have your questions answered is to join my friends from 525 Advisors for their free long-term care planning live webinar Wednesday, August 11th at 3 p.m. You will learn so much. They'll explain how long-term care works, what the coverage pays for, and you'll discover all the new options and different ways to fund a plan. Then when you're ready, 525 Advisors will do what they did with my wife and me. They will sit down, design a custom plan with you. Brian Ott, Madeline, they're just great. Our plan, even as lifetime benefits, the pay our estate back if we never use it. So I love the time they spent with us. You will learn so much. 
Get great peace of mind, long-term care coverage that 525 Advisors gave my wife and me. Sign up now for the free live webinar Wednesday, August 11th, 3 p.m. Go to 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Take the burden off your loved ones by making sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Visit 525longtermcare.com to learn more and sign up for the next live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Hey, it's Tori Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. And Zach, recently one of the largest investment banks in the country, finally published research showing why a 60-40 stock bond portfolio is outdated. This is something you've been talking about on Know Your Risk Radio for years. Now they're jumping on the bandwagon. Dory, it certainly feels that way. This research shows exactly what we've been telling people for years now. Using bonds as the safe portion of your portfolio is a serious gamble, and now is not the time to be gambling your retirement. With Bulwark's bond replacement strategy, we'll show you how to protect your portfolio against loss, but still grow your assets. We teach you exactly how to do it in our free booklet, Common Sense Investing. Call Zach right now to get your free copy of Common Sense Investing. Call 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement where the firm is licensed to conduct business. Bulwark Capital is a DBA of Clear Creek Financial Management, a registered investment advisor. This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. And welcome back. And, whoo, man, I'll tell you what. Um, that was quite the story there for Linda. I feel so sorry for these people. We run into this all the time. In fact, I have never come across a, a, a policy in all my years where the people were being denied a claim that you know wasn't being held up to the contract that they signed on. So, my point of that story, if um, and if you missed it, you got to go back and listen to it. When you design a plan, you have to understand the options that you're taking. That elimination period, that 365, I have never seen one like that where it required the care be taken in the facility only but there are i contacted a few of my colleagues out there and there were a few companies out there that offered that and again it was just a way to save money because they're just looking at it actuarially and they're saying well the odds of somebody moving into a nursing home are near zero you're going to get put there so that's exactly why that plan that linda's parents had was so inexpensive and i'll tell you right now her parents if they could do it over again you know what? Insurance is only important when you need it. They probably would have spent a few more dollars and got a plan that really was a little bit more robust and gave them the benefits that they need. So that's the point of that. Um, again, you heard the ads during the break. We do have a class coming up the 11th of um, August. That's at 3 p.m. So sign up for that. That looks like that might be the only class that we are able to get on the calendar this month. Um, or next month. We're still in July today, the last day of July, believe it or not. So let's talk about uh, Tim. This is our client of the week. And if you're new to long-term care radio, every week I kind of bring in an example of somebody that we have helped. And the process is don't get caught up on the numbers. Just understand kind of the methodology of how we design these plans and some of the different options that are out there. Now, remember, the SECURE Act was passed this last year. Um, the SECURE Act has changed the required minimum distributions. The bit, this is the big takeaway. You can now go up to age 72 and 
before you have to start taking out your retirement accounts. But the big takeaway on the SECURE Act is that when you die and you leave IRA money or 401k money, that retirement account, to someone other than your spouse or you know a disabled adult child, or there's, there's a few little loopholes in there. But as a general rule, when you leave it to your kids now, your kids have to take all that money out in 10 years. And so it wasn't a gift to us to be able to say, oh, you, you can start instead of 70 and a half, you can go to age 72 to take required minimum distributions. The takeaway was the IRS is going to get a lot more tax revenue because now when we leave those inherited IRAs, the kids don't get to take it out over their lifetime. They got to take it out in 10 years. So keep that in mind. Tim was 69. He's retired. He recently lost his wife after a a, a little over a year-long battle with some health issues. Um, He has two grown children and five grandchildren. Tim is 69. His his, um, concerns was that he was a caregiver for his wife for just about a year before she passed away. He realized the complexity and the demand, especially on his time. You know, he was saying that it's just it's a it's it's a big time suck when you're a caregiver. You are just literally on beck and call twenty four seven. Now that his wife is gone, Tim was really looking at what would happen if something happened to him. He's like, you know, I didn't really have time to think about this when I was taking care of my wife, but now I'm looking at it, saying, what if something happens to me? I I, I don't want to be a burden on people. He was able to keep his wife at home, which was very important to both of them. His priority was to age at home if he could, and he wanted to be in a situation to have that care, you know, come into his home for as long as possible, and I think that was key for him. He just said, look, there's no other place I would rather be. You know, if I have to bring in a bed and and I'm, I'm stuck someplace in a room. I'd rather be my house than a nursing home if I, if I can do that. So that was his priority. Um, he wanted to avoid having his kids step in and have to manage his care. He said, look, my kids are busy. They've, they, they both have full-time jobs. They have families. And if something happens to me, I don't want my kids having to give up their life to adjust to mine. That's just where he was at. Um, and he was extremely attracted to the concierge level service. So we talk about that on the radio. That concierge care level is we have a couple carriers out there that they actually assign somebody to you and your family. And you think of them as the travel guy. They're going to help you get the plan of care. In fact, I was talking last week on the radio. If you missed that, you can go get it on our podcast about how we turned on a claim during COVID and how that concierge team stepped up and solved a very complex problem. So, again, he was very attracted to that. What I found out about Tim during our conversation was that he was living off his Social Security and pension. He was pretty frugal. His house was paid for. But him and his wife were very successful. They had accumulated huge IRAs. And when Tim's wife passed away, her IRA rolled over to Tim. And so now Tim was looking at over $3.5 million in IRA assets. So if you do the math on that, you can jump on and look at an RMD calculator. Tim was looking at having to pull out $136,000 based on what he has today when he turns age 72. So he's like, if my money doesn't even grow anymore, he goes, I've got to pull out $136,000 out of my IRA. He didn't really need the money, but that's what he was faced with. And the second thing to keep in mind on this is that the The SECURE Act has said, yes, we can go out to age 72 for RMDs, but did you know there's actually 
a second round of the SECURE Act. And so now they're going to take the, that IRA, the distribution. In 2023, it's going to go up to age 73. In 2029, it's going to bounce up to 74. And in 2032, so before I get to retirement age, it's going to be age 75. So really, they're pushing that out even further. And the idea with this is what the, the, the IRS is doing and the government's doing. They're not saying, oh, this is a, a benefit for you so you get to have deferred growth for a longer period of time. It's that now, remember, when you leave that money, when Tim passes away and he leaves his money <clears throat> excuse me, to his kids, his kids are going to end up having to take all that money out in 10 years. So if he dies today, $3.5 million has to be taken out in 10 years. So if they do it, you know, you don't have to do it in even installments, but let's say you do, that's $350,000 a year plus any growth on that money has to be taken out, counted as income, and that's going to push their income up. So they're going to be in a much higher tax bracket than where Tim's going to be taken out as $136,000. So this was a real issue. I mean, this is what we were found out. We were looking at that. Um, the other thing I found out about Tim, he's in great shape. He had a lot of options. He was somewhat conservative with his money. He didn't like the current environment. He was, he was, you know, he's looking at it saying, I think we're in a bubble. I've got a lot of my money. I've moved it to cash. I've moved it to safer investments. He's like, I'm more worried about preserving my IRA money for my family, for my legacy than I am about growing this more. He goes, I just don't want to do that. But also he's looking at it and he's just saying, this is going to be a tax nightmare. And for those of you, you've heard me say this before, Ed Slot has a, has a book out there, like the new uh, Retirement Savings Time Bomb or something, I think is the title. I don't have it in front of me. But he's just talking about it, how what people forget is that we have this tax-deferred money. We've been contributing to our 401ks all these years. And then we retire, and we have savings. We've got a little pension, and we're living off of it, and we're not really thinking much about it. And then all of a sudden we turn 70, we've got to take our Social Security. And then we turn 72, and we've got to start taking these required minimum distributions well, the government owns you know a third of that, and if you give it to your kids, they're going to own even more. Maybe you're paying, maybe your twenty eight percent tax bracket. Maybe your kids are going to be in the thirty eight percent tax bracket when they have to start taking that money out because they're going to have their income too. So that's really what uh, Ed Slot's talking about. So anyway, we sat down with Tim. We said, look, um, really, you got two things. He wants care. He wants to be able to stay in home. He wants a meaningful plan. He had a huge tax liability facing his estate from this IRA. You know, the way he was mapping it out and the growth over this IRA says, even if I'm taking my required minimum distributions, he goes, it's still going to be pretty close to what I have in this. This money is going to be passed off. So he was doing the math on that. So what we did is we designed a plan for him. And really what we were trying to do is I said, look, what if I show you a way to convert some of that money that's always taxable into tax-free money for the estate if you you know whether you use it for long-term care or you don't it's going to it's going to be passed back and tim thought that was great so we designed him a plan that just offered number one unmatched uh claim support so he's going to get that concierge level support we designed a plan that gives him unlimited long-term care benefits that means if he wants to stay at home and he turns that policy on he can pull that money in for an unlimited amount of time now, remember, that was how we started the, 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 the show today. Linda's dad is at home. He doesn't want to go to a nursing home, but yet his policy doesn't pay him there. This is a comprehensive plan, so he can use this plan at home. He can use it at assisted living. He could use it at a nursing home. It doesn't matter, but he's got that plan that's going to pay for his care today, right now at home. So this is what we did. We set up a plan for Tim for $20,000 a month. Now, 
That sounds like a lot of long-term care insurance. But if you think about it, if you start doing the math, in fact, I just talked to a, a client this week. His mom was at home her health really turned and she went downhill really quick. And so they were trying to keep her at home and they ended up having to have 24 seven care. They spent over $20,000 that first month on her care. So he said, then we just had to like, we had to take her to assisted living because they did not have long-term care insurance. So they moved to an assisted living facility, which was about $7,000 a month because they had that 24 seven care there. So keep that in mind, $20,000 a month. What Tim was looking at saying, I'm like, look, I'm going to give you a robust plan. You can bring all that help in. But maybe you never use it. Maybe you don't use it. But if you do, you have $20,000 a month that you can pull out of this plan for an unlimited amount of time. You also have two times that benefit or $40,000 that you can pull out for home improvement and medical equipment. So if you do have a stroke and you do have problems transferring, you can get an access ramp. You can get grab handles. You can put a stair lift in your, in your house. You can buy an adjustable bed, an intravenous pump. Whatever you need, medical equipment or home improvement to make your home a safe place to age. That's part of this policy. The other thing that's going to give him is $40,000 for caregiver training. So let's say that he has a unique um, series of medications that he has to take. If his kids want to learn how to do that when they're visiting, they can help that out. They can do that. They can take a class on that or they can take a class on Alzheimer's or whatever. But he's going to get that extra $40,000 for those you know, two groups, medical equipment, home improvement, and then 40000 for caregiver training, plus he'll still get his $20,000 a month. Now, are you ready for this? I'm going to tell you how we funded this plan. This is, I think, the largest plan that we've ever talked about here on Long-Term Care Radio. But what we did is we took a single deposit of $761,000. We took that money out of his IRA. Now, remember, he had over $3.5 million in his IRA. So we took $761,000 out of his IRA. Now, wait a second. Think about this for a second. What is the tax issue on that? I know all of you are sitting there going, oh, my gosh, are you going to claim $761,000 as income and pay tax on that this year? No, that is not what Tim's going to do. So we're going to get to that. That's the 900-pound gorilla in the room. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But here's what happens with this plan. If Tim doesn't use his plan, his estate's going to get paid back $1 million dollars. A cool even million dollars. That is a tax-free death benefit. So this asset-based plan, if he never uses it, he puts 761 in, $1 million is paid back. If he does go on claim and he uses anything less than, than $1 million, the difference is paid back to the estate. But here's the trade-off. He's got $20,000 a month for life. He can pull out $240,000 a year out of this plan tax-free. So if he's on claim for the average claim of four years, you know he's going to pull pretty close to that million dollars out of that plan. Plus, he has his caregiver training benefit and his home improvement and medical equipment benefit will come out of that plan. But this is the great thing about this plan. He's basically taken the 761. He's guaranteed to get a million back. Tim wasn't really worried about the long-term care as much as he was worried about the tax hit. And what he saw here is what Ed Slot says. Learn how to take some of this money that's always going to be taxed and convert it to tax-free money. Now, remember, he took this money out in a lump sum, but we're not going to tax him that way. He's going to get taxed over 10 years. So let's talk about that in a second. Even though that lump sum comes out today, it's considered a rollover, not a distribution. That's a big difference. We're taking a distribution. we got to pay tax on it. We're going to do a rollover. So we're rolling this $761,000 
over to the insurance company. In the background, it's setting in an IRA. Now, every year, what's going to happen is that 761000 by the way, is earning 3.5% interest guaranteed. Now, that was something else. Again, Tim was very conservative with a good chunk of his money. He said, well, I'm not earning that, so I'm, I get 3.5% with the insurance company. So the insurance company is actually going to take out a distribution of $91,349 for 10 years. So that $761,000 is buying Tim $913,000 of insurance when you do the math. So that's what he will get every year. He will get a 1099 for $91,000. Now, he's got to take out when he turns 72, $136,000 to meet his required minimum distributions. Well, guess what? This $91,000 is actually counts towards that $136,000. So now all he has to do is he has to go back in there and say, well, I've only got to take $45,000 out of my, my IRA when he turns 72 because he's already taken 91. So when you combine those two together, you got the 136, which is what the IRS requires him to take out. So these distributions that are scheduled and they're level and they're guaranteed are going to count towards his required minimum distributions. So at the end of the day, what Tim has done here is he set himself up with, this is the largest benefit I can get, by the way, $20,000 a month. So he's got $240,000 of long-term care insurance for an unlimited amount of time. He has got a million dollars guaranteed to come back to the estate. He is using the money that those distributions are counting towards his required minimum distribution. So whether he sets this plan up or not, he's got to pull out $136,000 out of his retirement account and pay tax on it. So it's not changing his tax liability. I mean, he doesn't have to take him out right now. Tim is 70. He was 69 when he took this plan out, but he just turned 70. So he's got two years. He's got to start taking out those required minimum distributions. And at the end of the day, if he passes away or he doesn't use it or he does use it, it doesn't matter. That money is all coming back tax-free now. So what his hope is, and we hope for all our clients, is they don't use their long-term care. They don't need it. They have a nice long life. They have one bad day. They pass away a million dollars is paid back to the estate tax-free. So that's what this plan is going to do for Tim. And when you think about all the other benefits that he's going to get out of this, folks, um, it's pretty wonderful. The concierge care service, all the caregiver training. And by the way, the policy has a million-dollar death benefit. If Tim actually passed away in year one, the estate gets one point six seven, um, almost one point seven million dollars back. Year two, one point six million. Year three, one point five million. That death benefit is actually higher the first eight years because the way the plan is set up, he's got the million dollar death benefit all years. Plus, he will still have some of that money that he gave to him to make those ten payments into the plan. That money's just sitting in an IRA account in the background. That's still his money. So just a wonderful way to put your IRA money to work. And at the end of the day, he's con- he's, he's paid the tax, which he's got to pay the tax on it anyway. That $700,000 is going to come back as a million dollars tax-free one way or the other. So I'm going to come up for air. We're going to head into our final break. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about inflation versus no inflation when we're talking about inflation riders for long-term care. We'll be right back. Due to recent changes in the Pension Protection Act, new asset-based plans guarantee a tax-free benefit for long-term care and pay you back with interest if you never use it. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free classes at 525longtermcare.com. 
we age, we can't always plan on good health, but you can plan long-term care coverage to give peace of mind to you and your family. Story Monson, a great way to learn about long-term care and have your questions answered is to join my friends from 525 Advisors for their free long-term care planning live webinar Wednesday, August 11th at 3 p.m. You will learn so much. They'll explain how long-term care works, what the coverage pays for, and you'll discover all the new options and different ways to fund a plan. Then when you're ready, 525 Advisors will do what they did with my wife and me. They will sit down, design a custom plan with you. Brian Ott, Madeline, they're just great. Our plan, even as lifetime benefits, the pay our estate back if we never use it. So I love the time they spent with us. You will learn so much. Get great peace of mind, long-term care coverage that 525 Advisors gave my wife and me. Sign up now for the free live webinar, Wednesday, August 11th, 3 p.m. Go to 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Take the burden off your loved ones by making sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Visit 525longtermcare.com to learn more and sign up for the next live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. And Zach, recently one of the largest investment banks in the country, finally published research showing why a 60-40 stock bond portfolio is outdated. This is something you've been talking about on Know Your Risk Radio for years. Now they're jumping on the bandwagon. Dory, it certainly feels that way. This research shows exactly what we've been telling people for years now. Using bonds as the safe portion of your portfolio is a serious gamble, and now is not the time to be gambling your retirement. With Bulwark's bond replacement strategy, we'll show you how to protect your portfolio against loss, but still grow your assets. We teach you exactly how to do it in our free booklet, Common Sense Investing. Call Zach right now to get your free copy of Common Sense Investing. Call 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement where the firm is licensed to conduct business. Bulwark Capital is a DBA of Clear Creek Financial Management, a registered investment advisor. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, Certified Long-Term Care Planning Specialist with 525 Advisors. And we're back. Um, So again, next uh, webinar, um, the Long-Term Care Planning webinar is Wednesday the 11th at 3 p.m., you know, we've had a lot of people sign up for these webinars because, again, we have that state tax coming, and we're trying to help people get plans. And I'm just going to be completely forthright. I do not have access to the small traditional plans right now. In fact, I don't have access to traditional pay-as-you-go long-term care plans um, until November again. So a couple of our carriers, like Mutual of Omaha, just pulled out of the state, and a client was asking me, why would the carriers pull out of Washington State? It seems like this would be you know, making hay for them. And it's like... No, because what happened is they got a lot of really, really small applications, you know, people looking for the smallest benefit, trying to get out of the state tax, and they're trying to set up monthly payments because the way the law is written, if you take out a plan, you can opt out of the state tax, and then you can turn around and cancel your plan, and you're still opted out of the state tax. So the carriers read through the rules. They started looking at the types of plans that are coming in. I mean, you know, if somebody's asking for $50 a day with no inflation for two years, well, that's not meaningful coverage. So the insurance carriers don't want that business. That being said, all of our asset-based plans, which you can still pay into over time, we still have asset-based plans that you can pay over time with guaranteed level payments, those are still available. 
a couple of carriers have set minimums saying, hey, you've got to have at least $2,500 a month with inflation. But as a general rule, that's 90% of our business anyway. But yeah, um, things are really heating up here in the state of Washington. And I just think you got to be aware that um, we're doing this class so that you can learn about long-term care. And for those of you that want to do some planning, the idea with the class is to get in, understand what your options are, how the plans pay, um, how you can set one up, and just give you, you know, a chance to get your questions answered. So then when you're ready, we can you know, get the pre-screen done and design a meaningful plan for you. And so we are still doing that you know, full throttle. So next class is Wednesday the 11th at 3 p.m. I just wanted to talk real quickly um, Insurance companies are cash reserve companies, and so when you see one of these accounts, what what happens? Like like our client of the week, Tim, when when he rolls that seven hundred and sixty thousand dollars over, the insurance companies are cash reserve companies. So what they're simply doing is they're simply you know most of that money, the vast majority of it is in government treasuries. The problem they have right now is those interest rates are so low, you know two percent versus you know five, seven, eight percent, you know going back 10, 20 years ago. So what we've seen on this where we've really seen that that have an effect on the insurance carriers is when we start talking about inflation riders. An inflation rider, if you have a three thousand dollar month benefit and you put a three percent inflation rider on it, what that says, is that it that that three thousand dollars is going to grow by three percent every year? So you go out, you know, twenty three, twenty four years. Instead of three thousand dollars a month of benefit, you have six thousand dollars a month. It's a guaranteed growth factor. So really, you're just saying I'm compounding my benefit by three percent. The problem out there is that the insurance carriers are now in a position where they're looking at it, saying, "Well, we're getting two percent return on our money right now." We don't know if the interest rates are going to go up or down. They could very well go negative. It could be very difficult for us in the future. And once they write that contract for you, they're guaranteeing that 3% growth year in and year out. So what they've really done is they've pushed the price of those inflation riders up. So you can go out and buy a base policy. You put the inflation rider on it. It's a lot more expensive than it was five years ago. So one of the workarounds that we've been doing for a lot of people is just doing some simple math. And we say, okay, you have a policy that's going to pay you $3,000 a month. What if you just start out with $6,000 a month all years? And in most of those cases, it's a better option on these asset-based plans because you're going to have a higher death benefit, which means you're guaranteed to get more money back than you put in. You are going to have a larger benefit all years. And so we, when we have these clients in their 50s that are coming to us and they're getting pushed forward because of the state act, and we're sitting there struggling, we're looking out, I'm saying, okay, one of the things we do is we just go with a little bit larger benefit. We skip the inflation rider, and that's also going to give you more coverage today if something happens. If you go into a long-term care situation in your early 60s or late 50s and you're still working, that's going to be a lot more catastrophic than if you're in your slow-go years and you're, you know, you're 88. So there's a lot of benefits to designing these plans without inflation. A lot of people think, well, I just I have to have inflation. It's like, well, no, because if you start at three thousand and you go on claim at sixty five because you're fifty today and you've only got, you know, fifty one hundred dollars of benefit, you would have been better off just to start with six thousand dollars all years. And so that's really the kind of math that we're looking at. And a lot of people will ask us that inflation versus no inflation, does it always make sense? Not so much, especially on these asset-based plans. It's something that we can work around. So um, we're 
you know, just about wrapped up here with another week. I hope everybody has a just wonderful summer. I tell you what, and that we're coming to you live from uh, Pacific Northwest, and it has been a gorgeous week. You, you understand why we all live out here in the summer. It's just sunny and 80, while the rest of the world is uh, on fire or hot or facing tornadoes or whatever it is. So we've had a great, great week. Um, we're going to put together another show. We'll be back next week. Let us know if you have any questions. All our information is available at 525 longtermcare.com. Thanks so much. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Event info, planning resources, and long-term care radio podcasts can all be found at 525longtermcare.com. To schedule an appointment with Brian Ott, call 425-748-8188. That's 425-748-8188. For more information on the show or to sign up for a free long-term care planning class, visit 525longtermcare.com. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 to Long-Term Care Radio with your host, Brian Ott, on Cairo Radio, 